You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. If you're into biohacking, performance, or getting more out of life, this is the show for you. For more on building optimal performance, check out OptimalPerformance.com. You were looking for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage. Natural stack. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right, happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. Keith Norris. Keith, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, man, I can't think of a better way to spend a Thursday morning than hanging out with Ryan, <laughs> talking shop. That's right, that's right. So for our listeners, let's introduce you. Um, you are just an all-around pretty cool guy, uh, so let's tell everybody what you do. Uh, you're a co-founder and owner of Paleo Effects. Uh, you're a partner in ArxFit. We'll have to let you explain what that yeah, is. Yeah, I'll, in, in uh, I'll a discuss while. that in a little bit. Uh, if you've ever been to the Bulletproof Conference, they've always been out there with some really cool uh, machines. And uh, you're also a, a founding member, I believe, uh, with ID Life. Yeah, founding member. We were there from the get go. All right, very cool. So we're going to talk a lot about um, your specialties and, and those things that you're involved with today. Um, but for our listeners, Keith has quite a bit of experience uh, with ayahuasca, so we're going to be talking about ayahuasca, DMT, consciousness, and uh, we're going to get into uh, some really cool stuff. If you're watching the video, there's some really cool artwork behind Keith and, and maybe uh, you know some, some abstract stuff. Uh, <laughs> So before we really get into it, as always, make sure you guys go to OptimalPerformance.com to see the video version, like I just mentioned, as well as get the show notes and any links and resources uh, to the cool stuff that we're going to talk about on today's episode. Also, if you have not done so, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review like this one from Cousin Burley. Love Natural Stacks and this podcast. Love the diversity of guests, information that you can use and the latest in biohacking and nootropics. So thank you, Cousin Burley. All right, Keith, let's do this. Let's um, do it. So we'll save some of the some of your bio and background stuff for, for later. Sure. Let's, let's dive right in on this ayahuasca stuff. Um, some of our listeners may not be familiar with it, so you know, I guess tell us what it is first, and we'll go from there. Yeah, well, uh, it, essentially it's a, uh, it's a plant that's used for... Um, learning purposes, and this was primarily used in the upper Amazon, right? So, um, and particularly uh, Peru is uh, where, where this is found most and where the, uh, where the culture is found most. And most of the, uh, well, I'll just say that the, uh, the shaman that I work with are all Peruvian trained shaman. Um, I, you know, whenever I, whenever I talk about ayahuasca to people, I'm very, very quick to say that it's not a, it's not a ha-ha experience at all. I mean, it's, it is a very, very hardcore experience. It is um, one of the um, mentally and emotionally one of the toughest things I've ever done in my life. And um, maybe even physically because it was so mentally and emotionally tough. Um, it is definitely not to be done for uh, weekend kicks, I can just say that. And I've done, uh, let's just say I'm pretty well experienced with a lot of different things. And this particular substance was is on just another level, another realm of experience. Um, what it is, um, it, physically what it is, it's a it, the ayahuasca vine um, that is processed and mashed and combined with um, any of a number of, of indigenous leaves um, of companion plants. And uh, together this mixture, um, it, of course the, the native people didn't know it, you know, the biochemistry behind what was going on, but the vine actually contains an uh, MAO inhibitor that allows the DMT that is within the leaves 
to be expressed and not uh, so MAO uh, degrades the uh, the DMT within the body. So if you have an MAO inhibitor, it allows uh, the DMT that's that's in the leaves um, to naturally f uh, free flow within the body. So um, it, it is a powerful experience. It lasts up to um, uh, mine. Uh, the ceremonies that I've done have lasted seven, eight hours. Wow. Um, so it's a it's a long time to be in a in an altered state. An altered state, I would say. I, I'm using that very loosely. <laughs> it's yeah. it's it's another. You're in another realm. Um, so let's but before we have you explain to us what that other realm is like to the best mm -hmm. of your ability. Um, let's, let's go back and, and you mentioned that, that the MAO inhibitor that's in these leaves allows for the increase in DMT in our bodies. DMT being dimethyltryptamine, which yes. is sometimes called the spirit molecule. Yes. Okay. Um, so now when we have elevated levels of that in our body, after drinking, and this is made into basically a tea, right? Yeah, it's uh, you could think of it as a almost a molasses uh, consistency. It's a, you know, and, and it depends on it, it depends on you know the mix, what exactly is is in the mix, because there's not one recipe for ayahuasca. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it, ayahuasca is a general term. Um, the the drink always contains the vine. Um, always, it, it's uh, that vine is particular to any mix you're going to drink. Um, but then there's, you know, each shaman has his own brew, if you will, of what he combined the leaves that he will combine with it. So, and they they all have a purpose. It's not willy nilly. Right. Um, so I'll, I will just say that ayahuasca is a blanket term for a number of different concoctions. Almost like nootropics is a blanket term for. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so put us in that altered state with you. What are you experiencing, feeling, seeing, thinking? Yeah, I, uh, you know, I tell people that um, in these ceremonies, and within each ceremony, I personally, everybody's trip is different. Everybody has a different route. Um, there's really no common thread between one person's experience compared to the next. I mean, there are some common visuals that people will see. People will see snakes as a common visual for whatever reason. And there's, you know, there's theories as, as to why that is, but, uh, snakes of all kinds, like, uh, you know, pythons kind of otherworldly snakes. And, um, I saw that too. It wasn't a big, uh, theme for any of my ceremonies, but I did, you know, see that. And that's a common thread. Another common thread is seeing geometric shapes or um, geometric shapes that are definitely supposed to be a message. So it's not a geometric shape that, that you're just looking at because it looks cool, but it's almost like this voice is telling you to concentrate on it because it's, it's giving you a message, even though you can't comprehend that message at the time. Um, and that's another common theme is is receiving information by many different paths um, and information that you can't understand, but that you, uh, it's very hard to put this in language, but, <laughs> right. um, but you know that it's almost as if your DNA is being changed, that, you know, this information is being imparted into you and you don't know exactly what it is, but you're paying attention to it and you're feeling it change you inside. Um, and we were having, uh, we were having dinner last night with, uh, with a person who came in for, uh, for a ceremony that, that we're going to be doing this weekend. And, um, you know, I was, I was talking to her and I was like, you know, this, I can sound like a kook in about one minute <laughs> talking about this to people who aren't otherwise experienced with it because, you know, the things you see during these ceremonies, the things you experience, if, if you're not, you know, uh, plugged into that type of experience, if you don't lean that way, if you don't speak in that language, if you don't, you know, believe in that, it can, you know, that, that person relaying that information can sound like a complete kook <laughs> in a, in a hurry. Well, so. I, I can tell you, you're in a safe place. Our listeners do lean that way. We are interested <laughs> in this stuff. So, so you don't have to worry about sounding like a kook to us. Okay. Um, so 
I guess tell tell us a little bit about some of these ceremonies. Are they are they large groups, small groups? Can it vary? Uh, yeah, it's uh, the the people who I uh, retreat with. Usually, the group is between the group of participants is between you know uh, twelve or fifteen. Um, there are three shaman who are, who work as a team, and uh, let me tell you what these people are amazing. It, you know, when I first went into this, I kind of thought, eh, shaman, that's kind of woo. You know, I'm kind of like, uh, you know, I, I, I just didn't give it the credence that I now have for them. Um, I mean, they, because they are, they are tripping too. You know, they take the, they take the drink, the ayahuasca right along with you. And so, you know, a human being is a human being. They've got stuff that they've got to take care of too while they're taking care of, you know, 12 to 15 other people at the same time, while they're keeping the ceremony going. And they, they sing Icaros the entire seven or eight hours. I mean, they are on. What, for, is, what is that? So Icaros are um, Peruvian songs that they sing, and they set a vibe or a tempo for the entire group with, this, with the rhythm and the, you know, and the, and the, the words of the song. So it's, it's mostly Peruvian. Um, and uh, and there are times when it, an individual shaman will be working face to face with a with a participant who may be going through a very very difficult time, and he this shaman will be seeing a certain icaro for that person's needs, and so you may have three different icaros going on at the same time in different parts of the circle, but it's like each. Each union is is a union of their own. So you might have three crossing, but, but at the same time, they are also very cognizant of what the other shaman is doing. So it's almost like a like the most badass you know three piece rock band you could ever imagine because they're playing off of each other and they're playing individually. I mean, it's just it's an amazing experience. I can't recommend it enough if you feel so called to that. And I, I tell people all the time, if someone has to talk you into doing this, you are not ready for it. <laughs> I mean, well, you have to be drug yourself. You almost have to be, you know, really, really, really yearning for it to be able to go through it all and get everything you can out of it. But I, I would never try to talk somebody into doing it. That, that kind of goes right into one of the questions I wanted to ask you. And, and you know, there's, you know, I've heard reports that, you know, there can be physical illness. Oh yeah. Um, so with all of that being said, why would you quote unquote torture yourself with, yeah. some, with an experience like this? I mean, as you said in the very beginning, this isn't a ha ha altered state. Yeah. It's a hardcore, uh, it is a journey inward. So, so tell us why, at least for you, why are you yeah. pursuing that? You know, anything, Anything that's worthwhile takes a lot of struggle and a lot of sacrifice, right? So I, I've explained this to people like, you know, I played football for many, year, many years and every year, no matter at what level I was, there was that time during the summer where it was camp and it sucked. I loved the game. I absolutely loved playing the game, but that period of time sucked. Nobody liked it, but we all knew that we had to go through it. I mean, you had to you had to harden yourself for the sport, and part of that required you to go through, you know, this this month long process of just drudgery. Um, it's kind of the same with ayahuasca. I mean, if you really, really are passionate about finding yourself and diving deeper and going, you know, kind of making yourself a better person from the inside out, is essentially if if you get down to the root, that's what everybody is there to do. Um, and they may be, be, and they may be there because they're being held back by something. Maybe they had some kind of trauma in their life that they're trying to rectify. Uh, maybe they have a, you know, a drug addiction. Maybe it could be a, a number of different things that they're trying to cleanse and get rid of. Um, for me, you know, I didn't have any addictions per se. I, you know, I was ticking right on along, but I knew there was something more. And there's something more to me than my day-to-day -day existence and my day-to-day -day of being an entrepreneur, a coach, and this, that, and the other, which, is, which I love and I'm very, very passionate about. But I think I can be better at those endeavors if I really dive deep into myself and kind of find out what makes me tick. Mm -hmm. You know, what are, because there are things that hold me back. I might not even be 
uh, I might not even know about it. Right. Um, and that's one thing the ayahuasca will do. It will show you your limitations. It will find your limitations and you will come face to face with them and you'll have to, you'll have to battle them. And yes, it can be physically, you know, people, people throw up, people shit themselves. I mean, you know, most of the time they can get up and get to the, you know, get to the bathroom or whatever the little porta potties they have set up. Um, but sometimes not, I mean, sometimes there's accidents and well, but those, the, those barriers come down very, very quick. I can tell you, you would think, you know, a lot of people go in, they're like, oh, I don't want to throw up in front of somebody or that's, <laughs> but that barrier comes down so fast. Some, that's like the last thing anybody worries about once you get into the ceremony. So, so where do you actually do one of these ceremonies? Uh, are you out in the woods? Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's better. Now they can be done anywhere, you know, obviously weather permitting, um, it's better outdoors. I mean, you want to be, it's at night. Um, because the, uh, you know, the atmosphere lends a lot to your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, they can be done indoors. Um, it, I think, you know, what's really important, whether you're doing these indoors, outdoors, or, you know, it, every, every shaman has a method and a way that works for him. That's what's important that you, that you find a shaman that really knows what he's doing. And believe me, I, freaking did due diligence i am <laughs> i am not a person that just goes willy-nilly especially with something like this um it, there's no way that i could feel comfortable totally releasing without knowing that i had a guy that knew what the hell was going on right there's yeah. I, I could just not do it it's just not me right that that's a very great point so how does like how could our listeners find a shaman or, or a place near them is yeah. there is there a way to do that and, and maybe uh, the, yes okay so there's there's on the u.s side there are it, ayahuasca is not yet i will say illegal but you know it's just a matter of time we're in the u.s it's going to be you know it just becomes more popular it's somebody's going to put the brakes on it and it's going to become illegal right now the the shaman are very, very cognizant of that. So they fly under the radar, right? So they don't, you know, you're not going to go to a website and see if they, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Right. So it's very, very much, uh, word of mouth. Um, and, and that's, that's about the best I can tell you. It's, it's <laughs> okay. word. And, and, and these aren't, these aren't people who are given to entrepreneurship, right? They're doing this because they love it. Not that there's anything wrong with entrepreneurship. Lord knows I am, <laughs> huge proponent of entrepreneurship, but they're just, that's just not them. They are very content just being under the radar, um, living the ceremonies. And that's, you know, as, as long as they're doing that, that's fine, which means all of their clientele comes word of mouth. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Now you, you talked about earlier kind of exploring yourself and, and, you know, I have a mentor who, who has taught us, you know, as a coach that, you can't give what you don't have. So I really mm -hmm. like your, your approach to absolutely these ceremonies to, to try to, the more issues that we can figure out, you know, in our own life and with others, then the more we can help other people. So, mm -hmm. so specifically for you and, and with your experiences with ayahuasca, what have you been able to learn on the, on the after side of these that, that has helped you or, yeah, as a no, coach or a person. Yeah, it, you know one of the uh, one of the things that I learned because you do learn a lot about your your vocation. Um, even, even though the the teaching goes way 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 deeper than that, you do have moments where you're dealing with more day to day issues, right? Um, so one of the things that was that was brought to me was the realization that. You know, coaching and training is as much, if not more so, art than it is science. Right? I, mean, I mean, we would all agree that there is science to strength and conditioning, and that's, you know, that that is there. But there is so much of this that's art. That is, there's so much of this that is individually driven because, you know, it, Ryan, your training is going to be different than mine. We're going to respond different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, even though we might be training for the same event, we're going to have to attack it in different ways. And we might start with a template that's pretty much universal, but the higher, at the higher levels, we're going to have to tweak it to our individual abilities and our limitations. Mm -hmm. 
and there's no science behind that. I mean, that is coaching. That is coach's eye. That's experience. That's a coach being able to feel what his client's doing. And I think I had, um, in my training, I had always believed that. And I thought that, but I was, uh, maybe styming it a lot of ways, thinking that whatever tweaks I made for individuals, I had to have, uh, uh, some kind of a scientific backup for why I was doing that. Or, and this was maybe subconsciously I was thinking this, like maybe I was slowed down, like, you know, my gut tells me one thing, but have I, you know, can I, can I verify that with some science? Can I, you know, um, and one thing that the ayahuasca showed me was like, dude, you've got, you know, everybody has, has a gift. This is your gift. And you are not fully exploiting it by holding yourself back like that. You've got to trust your gut. You've done this forever. This is your gift. It's it's almost like uh, like Stevie Ray Vaughan being held in. A, let me hold on. That sounded very. <laughs> I am not the Stevie Ray Vaughan of training. Let me just say that. But it would be like Stevie Ray Vaughan trying to, you know, trying to quantify what he was doing with a guitar. And you can't do that. I mean, you have to just. If you've got a talent, you've got to blow and go and trust yourself and trust your judgments. Um, so that was made like readily apparent to me. So now it, it you know, I, I don't have that limitation. It's not like I just go willy nilly, but that little bit of hurdle has been taken away now. And now I, now I don't have to justify my decisions with a scientific backing. I can just say and feel confident in it. You know what? My gut tells me something tells me that that this is needed at this point and at this juncture, and I can feel confident in that. Um, so that was that was one of the things. So so yeah. So you you find you know many many things that are that are very very deep, and I would call that like a surface level realization, right? That was right. pretty much it was a surface level realization, but it did help me. Um, but there's, I mean, you'll deal with issues that are so deep, you don't even realize your issues. Right. And, you know, it's, and I tell people, it's like, you know, my, my shoulder's kind of achy, but the real problem, if I trace it back and I go to a good practitioner, is, is coming from my left hip. Right. And so it's that kind of thing. I, th I think that I have this issue, but in reality, it's five layers deeper. And that's where the ayahuasca is going to go. And you're not prepared for that. <laughs> And that, and you have to deal with it. And that's, uh, that, that's where the tough, the tough stuff comes in. Cause you'll go in thinking, all right, I've got an issue with my dad. You know, my, my dad is the issue and this is what I'm going to be dealing with during ayahuasca. Your dad may not ever come up, but I can guarantee you five layers underneath that is going to come up and you'll realize later, oh, that was a true problem, but it manifested through my relationship with my dad. Right. And it, you know, so it's those kind of things. It'll totally catch you off guard. That's for sure. What about uh, with with creativity? So with DMT being the spirit molecule, I know like like Joe Rogan is a big proponent of, yeah. of ayahuasca. Have you found that it helps with the creative process? Yeah, in the totally in the way that uh, like I just talked about a little while ago, where it kind of it takes the hurdles away, right? So I can right. trust myself and trust those creative decisions, um, and not have that internal editor running <laughs> in my mind. Um, and that's, you know, that's a, that's a tough hurdle because, yeah. you know, I'm, and a lot of people are perfectionists, right? So you want to make sure that the decision you make is the right decision, but you know, you can kind of get caught in that, that, uh, vortex of not trusting yourself. It, that's very like Seth Godin where you, you can be as a creator of anything, you're very self-conscious and you're very yeah. scared that, Hey, I've, I've created this thing. Now I'm putting it out there. Will it be accepted? Yeah. Will it be you know, will you know, it work? Will it help? Yeah. Is it right? Is yeah. it correct? And it's, you know, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't go back and, you know, it, it, there is a time and a place to go back and check yourself to make sure, Hey, am I making the right decisions? Am I doing, you know, am I doing the right thing? But at, at the time you are creating, that is not the time to have the right. editor pop up. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, cool. So I guess for people who, maybe haven't experienced ayahuasca, but have meditated or, or gone floating. If you've mm -hmm. done those things, can, yep. can you compare it to either of those? Yeah, it's it, w within the spectrum, but in a whole different realm. I mean, I do lots of floating. I'm lucky enough to live here in Austin. I have access to some really, really high-end uh, float tanks. Um, but it is, 
in meditation too. I, I can't say I'm the best meditator. I'm a little too twitchy and a little too fidgety <laughs> for it. Um, trying to get better, but you know, Hey, that's been trying to deal with my personality. So my version of meditating is a, is a high volume workout where I'm just kind of <laughs> zoned in and there's nothing else going on but me. So that, that's my form of meditating. Um, but I, yeah, I can relate to that. Right. Yeah. I think <laughs> okay. a lot of people can. Um, it, in, and as an aside, I don't think meditation has to be sitting lotus style on the floor. And, you know, I, as long as you're getting to that place of quiet mind, mm -hmm. um, I think you're, I think you're um, on the right path. Right. Um, but, yeah, floating is, for me, um, calming, yes. It's, it's I, I would say, a higher level of calm than, obviously, than, you know, the working out form of meditation. Mm-hmm. But the ayahuasca was definitely not a calm mind scenario. I mean, there was a lot going on in yeah. my, my mind during that time. It wasn't calming per se. There were periods that were very, very peaceful and uh, uh, kind of chill, but those were few and far between. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the time, it was either wrestling with, uh, wrestling with something or that feeling like i said before that you were or that you were given information that you were that you were having to download um or it was just other world freaking trippy <laughs> that's about the best way i can best way i can put it so so let me ask you this if obviously you know even if if our listeners or or somebody lived in a place where where they have access to a great float facility uh, mm -hmm. or or if they found a shaman we're not going to do ayahuasca every weekend and, oh, and no. we're not yeah. going to float every week. Yeah. How would you set those up on like a, like a monthly or, or yearly usage thing? How many times, or how would you kind of use them as, as yeah. each as a tool in the toolbox for, for personal development? So if we're talking, uh, you know, if we're talking ayahuasca, it's kind of, uh, and the shaman will tell you when you're called back, you'll come back. Uh, so there's, there's really not a, uh, a definite timeline, right? So it's been uh, six months since my last ceremony, roughly. Um, and I'm getting ready to, to dive into another one this weekend. It's a little bit different setup this weekend. It's not quite as intense as the last one. Um, but I feel ready and I feel called. And as I look back over my notes that I wrote, um, after each experience, what, one thing I tried to do was journal after each experience and, and get out as much as I could on paper so that I could, um, so that I could relive it and go back and try to figure out what all this stuff meant. And I've been reading that stuff over the last six months and it just, uh, I don't know how to say it, that the time seemed right. I felt called again. Some people will go through an experience and even though it's, it might be a fine experience, it might not be, you know, utterly bad. But they just don't feel called. They just don't, you know, they, they, that's just not there. They, their spirit is just not called back to it for whatever reason. You know, maybe they learned whatever lesson they need for the next 20 years and they're good. Um, so, so that's on the, the ayahuasca side of things. You know, if you're called to it, you know, do it. Um, floating, I am lucky enough to be able to float whenever I want. Um, whenever I want generally translates into about once every two weeks just because I'm a busy guy. Um, I would love to do it once a week, but you know, the reality is I'm busy and time slips away and next thing I know 10 days have gone by and it's, you know, um, but I, you know, if I, if I were better about it and I were a better manager of my time during the day and I put more emphasis onto relaxation instead of busting ass <laughs> like I should, but, uh, you know, I would do it once a week. Definitely. I think there's definite benefit in it. And every time that I float, I'm always like, why in the hell did I wait so long <laughs> between floats? And yeah. every time I do that. Um, and, you know, meditation, God, I think you could, I mean, daily, multiple times a day, you could do that and you would be better off for it. You know, they'll, they'll, the, the uh, Tim Ferriss saying of, you know, if, if you don't think you have five minutes a day to meditate, you need to meditate for 20 minutes. <laughs> Right, and I totally not that I 
express that myself because I'm one of those people that's like, I don't have five minutes and I need to carve out that time. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, we're all on a path where none of us are perfect. I know, I know where my blind spots are. I know where some of them are. I'll find some more this weekend, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, that's one of mine is just not making time for that kind of stuff because I still in my monkey brain think that I need to be uh, doing to accomplish, you know, I'm still, I'm still at my core, the driven entrepreneur and the driven entrepreneur, it's very, very hard for them to back off for 20 minutes and do quote unquote, nothing. Right. Um, although it's anything but nothing. And I, and I get it. And I'm and I think, preach, trying to preach to myself right now, even as we're having this discussion. But. Yeah. And I, and I think part of that is, is understanding how you tick, how your brain works and, and your personality. And, you know, for, for people like you and I, that may be one of the reasons that we gravitate towards that hour-long, high-volume workout because yeah. we can physically be moving and getting rid of some of that energy, but our mind can go to that space and be empty, and, and we can let things kind of happen yeah. and come in. Yeah, that's that's totally. I, I mean, when I, I get into discussions, you know, on the on the science side of S and C, and um, especially the circles I run in, lean a little bit more towards the hip side of things. Um, and we'll have those discussions and, you know, it's funny that the, the hit people will say, you know, you're the high volume guy and the bodybuilders will go, Oh, you're the hit guy, the low volume guy. And I'm kind of like in this gray in between zone or nobody, nobody gets what I do, but, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of my volume comes from just, you know, getting the weight set and then just mind evaporating. Now, am I getting the most benefit to my body by doing that you know is that a is that a return on time investment physically it may not be but i'll tell you what it sure does it for my brain right so i'll i'll take that i'll take that time investment right so since we're going down that road talk to us a little bit about the arcs uh, project and, and involvement that you have sure, there yeah. and tell our listeners how would you explain that yeah, you know, it's it's kind of funny that, uh, you know, I'm not the most expressive person verbally, um, and I somehow have been tasked with both explaining ArxFit and ayahuasca, both of which are, are kind of impossible to explain verbally, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, ArxFit is adaptive resistance exercise. Okay, so... It's a motor-driven. It's a motor-driven uh, device and a proprietary transmission system that allows for a very, very smooth transition between the uh, between the concentric and eccentric <laughs> of any of any exercise, um, and any exercise in this case being any compound exercise. Um, so anything from squats, uh, you know, bench press, deadlifts, rows, anything like anything like that, we can accomplish on these machines. Um, imagine if you had a, a completely matched to your strength curve set of bands and or chains for any exercise and that you're, you are maximized in your force output through, through the entire range of motion of whatever exercise we're talking about, perfectly matched and perfectly matched on the eccentric such that, you know, you would be automatically, you would have 40% more weight loaded on the eccentric and you would lower that weight and it, you know, your strength curves would perfectly follow. That is what adaptive resistance exercise is. And that's what we accomplish with the ArxFit equipment. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned bands and chains because in the strength world, we always talk about those as being accommodating resistance and being yep. able to match the strength curve. Yep. So I was going to ask, you know, is, is, is that basically the same thing? It is, except that it's perfectly matched. Right. Right. So, for instance, I, I, I still use bands. I don't use chains so much because it, the arcs fit kind of, uh, kind of negates the need for change, mm -hmm. need for chains. But I still like, for instance, yesterday I did trap bar deadlifts banded. Um, and the reason I did them banded was I wanted a very, very high force production in a quick movement, in a ballistic movement. And the only way to really accomplish that at that speed is with bands. That was, uh, I was going to ask you that. I mean, can you use, I, I have been able to experience the, the arcs fit. And I guess for, for people who, who haven't seen it or experienced it, it's, 
it's almost like I guess how how would you describe what it looks like? It's it's like a cable setup. And yeah, it's, it's, like you uh, said, it's attached to a motor. Um, yeah, you know, and I hate to I hate to bring up the competition, but it looks kind of like a Bowflex if you didn't know any better, right? And you walked it. One of one of the versions of the machines, you know, would give one the impression that oh, that's a Bowflex kind of thing, right? Um, so that that will give your your listeners a, an idea of how the setup is. Now we do have other models that are that are have a bigger footprint and are a little bit beefier, um, and I would consider those models that would uh, you know that would end up in a D one strength and conditioning room or what we use at efficient exercise. We use those machines as well. Um, we'll put but a, the, but the we'll, premise is the same. Yeah. We'll put a picture uh, of, you know, maybe you, you send us one that you like the best. Sure. And we'll, we'll put a picture on the, the blog at, at optimalperformance.com. Okay. So when people yeah. check out the video version of this, they can see, you know, what that looks like. Sure. And, yeah. and, of and course, if you have, uh, you'll have links. I'm yeah. Sure. I'm yeah. yeah we'll, have, we'll have links back so people can learn more about it. So I guess that was my question then was, you know, with what you were saying about the, the trap bar, obviously we can match strength curve mm -hmm. so we can work on force production. But if, if we wanted to train rate of force production, you're still yeah. saying maybe free weights with bands. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I, even though I'm a huge proponent of arcs fit, because I think it fits into a, to a certain niche that we, uh, that we don't currently have the ability to train it's super effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, and believe me, I've done my time with chains and bands. I love, you know, I love working that way, but you know, let's face it. It's a, that's a motherfucker to set up. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. time intensive and, um, you know, with these machines, the, the advantage is I can roll one client after another onto these machines with very, very little setup and setup being just long enough to log them into the, to the, the bio tracking computer right that's the setup and i might change the speed a little bit depending on limb length um but that's the setup i mean i don't have to i don't have to change anything and we're talking about you know the difference between somebody's grandma and me getting on the machine right i mean it's that it's that adaptive um so and much like ayahuasca <laughs> you have to actually experience it to really know what you know what we're talking about because right. that you know when i when I first partnered with uh, with Mark Alexander about six years ago, and I, I came in, and you know he it, at that point it was one of the first beta models that they were that they were looking at, and I'm I'm looking at this YouTube clip, and I'm going, what in the hell is going on here? And I know strength and conditioning, right? You know, and I was trying to decipher what was going on, and I kind of got it a little bit, but I, obviously I was you know I was dubious. I was the guy that was like, you know, there's machines are pretty much useless, you know, maybe, maybe in a rehab situation or whatever, but I, you know, I'm, I'm the barbell guy. Right. Um, but when I actually got on the machine, the first time I got on the machine, it, it the light bulb went off. I, it's like, I immediately got what could be done with this machine. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I tell people it's a tool. It is, you know, it is it, uh, houses aren't built with a hammer alone. You know, you, it's, it, and same thing with strength and conditioning, you know, a swole body an athletic body is not built with, with one tool alone. You have to be smart and mix and match tools as, as there need be. And there's no bad tools. There's, there's certainly bad application, <laughs> right? But there's no bad tool. Um, so, so I look at it as just a, uh, it's a badass tool that I have access to and I, I, I use it that way. Yeah, I, I really love that approach and that thought process towards everything, but but you know this this in particular. I've, yeah. Like I said, I've I've gotten to use it. I would equate it to like the ultimate application of constant tension. Yes. Uh, and it's yeah. it's incredibly exhausting. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's the most fatiguing set or forty seconds or five reps yeah. that you'll ever do. Um, and it makes me think that that it's a perfect tool if somebody were interested in like the body by science approach. I don't yeah. know if you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm real. I'm very very good friends with Doug. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it would be the you know the perfect tool. In fact, a lot of our clients come to us because you know they've they've come through the body by science route and they know what we do. Um, now we're not. Uh, I, I, you know, we're not 
a facility that is a straight up uh, super slow or high intensity training facility um, because we mix and match everything. Um, you know, we're a hodgepodge of things. You know, I tell people when they come in, there's, there's going to be two constants. Number one, you're going to make improvement. Number two, this workout is going to be 30 minutes. And that, you know, I mean, those are the two constants. After that, everybody's workout's going to be freaking different, you know, depending on what your goals are. You may be heavily, heavily, heavily on the ARX. And that may, that may you know, take 20 minutes of your workout, which sounds god-awful. <laughs> you know, you've been, you've been on the ARX, so it's, yeah. it's intense. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the ARX may be the quote-unquote finisher for the day. And we may be doing a lot of body weight stuff, a lot of barbell dumbbell stuff, you know, a lot of band work, a lot of other things. Uh, but it depends on, on the person, you know, the person that presents and that person's goals and where they are that day. Because everybody's, you know, I, I'm a big believer in auto-regulation too. I mean, I cannot predict where you're going to be three days from now with any degree of accuracy. Right. Unless I could, unless I can put you in a bubble and control your <laughs> feeding and sleep and treat you like a lab rat, I cannot predict that. I'm yep. going to have to figure that out as soon as you come in. Yep. Quickly. Absolutely. Which is another application of the ArcsFit, by the way, is I do have, I do have instantaneous feedback, and so I I know what you're capable of and I know what you're doing in the moment, and I pair those two together and figure out what what who I'm who is it that I'm dealing with today yeah and that that kind of brings a scientific quantification ability to the art of strength it coaching does, yeah, that you were a, talking about earlier yeah it's a great mix of science and art yeah you know that's um, I, I think my my issues in the past were trying to lean too hard on on the science and try to back up what my gut was telling me with some study that I was trying to pull from my, my files and my little pea brain. And that was slowing me down. Um, and I'm not saying that now I just go willy nilly with whatever. Right. I mean, there's still that, you know, that I've been in this gig for, for 40 years now, right. um, either as a, either as a coach or an athlete myself. So I've seen a lot. I mean, I've experienced a lot. I've just been around this stuff for so long you know, God by osmosis, even an idiot would pick up some stuff after <laughs> right. four years, right? Right, right. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I would just say I trust myself more now than I ever have before on that, on All those right. issues. Very cool. So let's ask you one more question about ayahuasca. Um, sure. Because you have this uh, ceremony this weekend, what are you doing mentally, physically to prepare uh, for this. Yeah. So I, uh, again, when we were having dinner last night, the girl, this, this will be her first ceremony. Um, and she's asking me, you know, Hey, are you, are you nervous or whatever after having, you know, cause she knows a lot about, you know, what my last ceremonies were like and they were pretty tough. I mean, there, there was nothing easy about them. They were tough ceremonies and I equated it to, um, to that moment in the locker room before you walk through the tunnel and get on the field. It's, I mean, there's that nervousness. Yeah. Uh, you're nervous, but you're excited at the same time. I mean, you want you want to get it on. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, but you, I mean, there is that bit of nervous, you know, am I totally prepared? Do I know, you know, do I have everything in my head that I need to know? Do I, you know, did I watch enough film? Did I, yeah, da, 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 all these questions in your, you know, you're trying to answer in your mind right before you step on the field. Um, it kind of feels like that. It's kind of like, you know, the, it's kind of like in the locker room, ready to go out and you're, you're in this state of calm because you don't want to burn a lot <laughs> through a lot of adrenaline, but yet you're still, you know, it's, it's game day, you know, you're ready to get it on. Okay. Um, it, in a spiritual sense, I guess, if I could put it th that way, because it is, uh, you know, this, during this, during the ceremonies, you are, I don't want to say incapacitated, but it's not like you're flailing around or, or anything like that. You're pretty much laid back. A lot of people are seated lotus position. I can't get in a lotus position, so I just kind of chill, you know, either sitting in a chair or, you know, kind of laid back. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, food-wise, you know, I always eat pretty clean. Um, I don't eat a lot of junk food, but if, you know, if I did, if I were going into a ceremony, I would try to clear out, you know, just the, the physical shit out of your life. I mean, you just, you want to go in with a clean body. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm not a heavy drinker, but I do, 
you know, I do enjoy my bourbon and beer and, but you know, I'll cut back on that. I've cut back on that this week and, you know, coming out of the ceremony, I probably won't do anything like that for about another week following. Um, and the shaman will tell you that, you know, it's no judgments on anything, no judgments on recreational drugs or alcohol, but you just don't want competing forces or vibes within your body at that time. Just let the ayahuasca have your body. And then, you know, you go back to whatever, afterwards, whatever you feel, you know, you need, or you feel called to, but just give the ayahuasca this clean vessel for this moment of time. And that's kind of how I look at it. I'll, I'll give it a clean vessel for it to, to go in and go to work. Okay. Cool. So Keith, this has been awesome. Uh, I can't wait to hear your answers to the next question. This is uh, the close that we have for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Your top three tips to live optimal. Top three tips. You know, I, I try to live this every day. And when I think about it, number one, I wake up with a, with a burning passion. I mean, it, you know, it sounds corny. It sounds flippant. It sounds like stuff coming out of an entrepreneur's mouth to earn a buck. But really, I mean, I wake up with this passion every morning that I want to change the world. I mean, I, and I have a passion for that. Um, and that's backed by, that's backed by love. And, you know, it's, it's not a, an erotic kind of love, but it's a love for humanity. It's a, it, it is a, uh, which by the way is something I'm able to speak much more openly about since I have done, you know, some ayahuasca. I don't mind telling people I love them. Right. And it's, okay. you know, always before, you know, coming up from a very conservative background in the South, it was just kind of. You don't tell another dude you love him, man. It's, it's not <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I'm very, but, um, but I, I really feel that. I feel that person to person, and I feel that for groups of people. So I truly want to change their lives. So I have that that love backing behind the passion that I that I really want to change the world. And I think the other thing is, is um, I'm not as emotionally fragile as I was before, too. You know, I, yeah. and I think that. Uh, Emotional and toughness don't necessarily, or kind of, uh, there's a juxtaposition there, or maybe some people don't understand that. But you know, people, there's going to be people who don't get what you're trying to do. And it's not that they're bad people; that's they're they're just not at your level yet, or they just haven't advanced to that level. They don't understand what you're trying to do. Maybe they're dubious of that love and passion part of it, and they're a little standoffish or whatever. Um, that used to kind of set me back or make me feel bad or make me question myself or, you know, all of these other things and which would in turn dampen my passion and kind of make me more standoffish mm -hmm. to people. I'm a natural introvert. So this is kind of yeah. hard for me to get over. Right. But, uh, but you know, I, I have that now that, that emotional toughness to where, you know, I, I kind of, I don't let it get to me. I still love you. You might not really love me back yet because <laughs> you don't know me, bro. <laughs> but uh you know i it, so those three things together keep me motoring along um and i think if you're not in an endeavor to where you wake up passionate and love what you do and and look i'm 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 not saying that i wake up i mean i have tough times being an entrepreneur is freaking hard you know you're going to have tough weeks you're going to have tough moments you're going to have you know all of these obstacles are going to constantly come up uh, constantly. But at the end of the day, if you can back out from all that minutia and, you know, and, and juggling the finances and, you know, trying to, trying to convince people who don't want to be convinced that what you're, that you're trying to help, if you can back up from all of that and still have that love and passion, then I mean, you're good to go. You have found your niche if you can do that. So I, I would say those are my, those are my big ones. Okay. And to have a badass cup of coffee right first thing in the morning. I mean, that's maybe that's number four. What kind of coffee do you drink? You know what? There's there's uh, Cuvée and Stumptown here in Austin are local roasters, and I'm big okay. big supporters of their stuff. So a little okay. shout out to them, little local guys here in Austin. But yeah, well, in fact, I, uh, that's what I'm drinking I, right now. <laughs> okay, I've got a trip down there in about two weeks, so I may have to oh, see right if on. I can stock up on some. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Hit okay. me up when you come down. We'll go float too. We'll show you. I, when I came this, I was there this summer. I actually got to check out. Uh, I think it's Zero Gravity. 
Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Kevin Johnson at zero gravity. I just wanted to stay in the chair. I didn't even want to get in the float tank. (laughs) Yeah. That massage chair is. uh, Yeah. It's got the the waterfall and like the green lasers. And yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin's a cool guy. His wife, Carol, is uh, very, very cool. Yeah. They run a top notch operation there. I always tell people if you if your first float is at zero gravity, that's <laughs> like your first dive experience being in the Caribbean, right? I mean, you just what are you going to do after that? I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah you're not you're not going to Myrtle <laughs> Beach. Yeah, you're spoiled. I mean, right, you're just spoiled after that. So. Right, uh, Keith. Where can our listeners get more of you? Uh, well, probably the easiest place is my blog, Theory to Practice. Okay. which uh, the URL is uh, ancestralmomentum.com, and I realize that that is a, uh, a marketing faux pas times 10, but uh, you know, marketing is probably one, of my <laughs> probably one of my worst attributes. So there's a long story as to how that came about. But if you Google uh, theory to practice in Keith Norris, it'll, it'll take you right there. And we'll, we'll have a link to that on the uh, blog okay. version of this as well. So Yeah, that's probably the best place to get up with me. Um, okay. You know, some of the other sites, uh, PaleoFX, um, you won't see a whole lot of me there, but you'll see a lot of my creative outlet and uh, my wife's creative outlet at PaleoFX. Efficient exercise, you know, and just just how that's uh, just how that's spelled. Just Google that; that'll come right up. Uh, ArxFit, A R X F I T, is our proprietary equipment. All right. And everything else you can get right off of my site. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's it. Okay. I, I realized as we were, you know, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time. We haven't even talked about Paleo Effects, and I mean sure, that's, that's huge. And so. Yeah, that's- so Maybe maybe as it gets closer to the event next year, we'll get you back on and, and right on. we'll, we'll yeah. talk about you know some some upcoming stuff there. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a super cool event, man. I it, obviously I'm biased, but that <laughs> that event is just it has grown into such a from starting off as a labor of love and now turning into you know it's the largest paleo event in the world now. Yeah. I mean, it's really taken off. It's a fun fun time. Uh, People of all walks of life who are under the umbrella with the, with the knowledge that they have the power to change their lives through yeah. nutrition and exercise. And that's essentially it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, uh, it's a big tent event. People come there to network and to hang out in Austin in the spring. It's a, it's a beautiful time. That sounds great. So, yeah. Um, well, Keith, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been a blast. Uh, right on. For all of our listeners, make sure you guys go to optimalperformance.com uh, to see the blog version of this, the video, get all the links that we talked about, and make sure you head on over to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review, and thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next Thursday. Right on. Thanks. Nothing stuck. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.